If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system podcast. Greetings, welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast. It's episode 283. This is our 2023 Worldwide Technology Championship Bets Pod. Barry O'Hanran and Paul Williams join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selection for this week's PGA Tour action. It's great to be back, gents. Good morning to you. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more information. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world-famous golf betting system website where we have in-depth betting preview for this week's WWTC. We've got event form statistics combined with current form stats and the WWT predictor model. I'm saying WWT because I can't be bothered to say Worldwide Technology. All of this content, like this podcast, are all completely free of charge. There's no paywall. On X, you can follow Barry at a good talk golf. Paul is at golf betting. I am at Bamford Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where this podcast is available along with my weekly golf betting show. So if you are listening to this podcast on YouTube, press that subscribe button. Now, you guys as listeners power this podcast, so we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. Any review you can provide before the end of the year. We've only got three episodes left, including this one. So please send in your reviews. It would be much appreciated. This one is very short and sweet, guys. Five stars. It's entitled Great Show. Best golf betting podcast in the world. And that is from Mark Green. There you go. Short and sweet. Short I'm taking sweet. that. It's straight to the point. Thanks, Mark. Love best, it. Best, yeah, best golf betting podcast in the world. It's kind of argue an with accolade. That. that is an accolade, isn't it? Mm. Where do we start? We weren't here last week. Paul and I had some time off, although he did work through his Qatar Masters work. Then he disappeared off to Norfolk. I disappeared off to Norfolk. It never stopped raining. It was absolutely diabolical, the weather. So it was a it was a week well spent in the rain. We're back, though. We've got three episodes before the... We close down, don't we, guys, at the end of November. Yep. I, t- I take it, Paul, there will be a couple of tournaments for the DP World Tour in yeah. December, is yeah, they faff around in South Africa, do they? They do, and they, they, they tend to co-sanction stuff over in Australia as well. Um, low-key fields, low-key events. So if you really fancy continuing all the way up to Christmas, you, you can tend to find an event out there. But yeah, we tend to spend a few weeks just on maintenance and uh, getting, our, getting our ducks <laughs> in a row. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> Maybe let's try to recover. Yeah. <laughs> getting our ducks in a row for 2024. You need an off-season. You do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Sometimes less is more. If you are still with us, listeners, and clearly there's a lot of you that are, we thank you. Because this time of the season, it's getting dark, it's getting cold. Unless you're in the Southern Hemisphere, of course. Um, but yes, you're, you are real golf 
punter fanatics if you're still betting on golf at this stage of the year. We love it just as much as we do in the week up to the Masters here on the Golf Betting System podcast. We have this week, I'm not going to go into, well I am going to go into last week actually. I know Paul, your top selection finished tied for ninth which is always the worst (laughs) spot on the leaderboard. I I do have my um, uh, condolences on that one. What I will say is that we've been talking about this for a number of months now, haven't we? This top 10 non-exempt on the PGA Tour getting from, jumping from the DP World Tour onto the PGA Tour Mm. for next year. And Sammy Falamaki has just been an absolute prime example of that. His win last week in Qatar has catapulted him up the race to Dubai rankings. 23 spots... He now sits in fifth place. And when you go through the maths, and he's basically guaranteed himself full playing privileges for the PGA Tour next year yep. with that win in Qatar. Huge. It's amazing, really. Mm. Yeah, fair play to Sammy. Very impressive. And to, to be fair, there was enough to encourage a punt on him last week. I was... And it's always easy to say post-event, but he was on my shortest of shortlists. Um, 80 to 1. There was, I don't know, you look at it, he finished sick for the Dunhill Lynx. There was a win in Oman. Missed the cut the week before, which is where I ultimately kind of got pushed off. But um, I put him up first round leader on Twitter, um, or X, on Wednesday morning, so if you if you ever if you, you ever fancy a first round leader punt, then um, I tend to put a little bit of uh, commentary and uh, just a thought up on a Wednesday morning for both events. And uh, yeah, I put Sammy up first round leader. Of course, he didn't finish. Uh, we finished just outside the places for first round lead. We finished finished tied six, did he for that one? Or tied it seven? was yeah, it was in that in that region. Yeah, I think it was oh, a shot a shot shy something like that. Um, yeah, and of course uh, goes and wins the tournament. So to compound that with uh, Bjorn Olsen finishing in a tie for ninth, um, yeah, it was one of those weeks. But no, fair play to Sammy, as you say. That um, that that whole top ten getting a PGA Tour card has focused a number of minds. Um, some positively, some we're starting to see just wobble a little bit when it gets to the uh, gets to the business end of tournaments. And uh, yeah, Sammy's going to be uh, part of your thought process next year, Steve. Well, not maybe, but at least he's going to be in the fields. Just looking at that list, I'm, I'm, I'm just giving access to you guys so you can have a quick look at it. I'll just go through the top ten of these non-exempts. Moronk is at top. Is on top. Uh, Fox is two. Victor Perez up to three. Uh, Minwoo Lee at four. And now Sammy Falamaki at five. Now, I'm no expert, but to me, they look kind of safe. We've we've got only got two tournaments left. That correct, Paul? Yeah? It is, yeah. I, the only thing to say is that the Ned Bank next week and the DP World Tour Championship will feature the vast majority of these players. Um, so top 60 in the race wow. to Dubai next week who are available and then um, you go to the DP World Tour Championship which gets cut down okay. to the top 50. So there will be a bit of jostling and uh, chopping and changing. Mm. But yeah, you know, the, the top guys, the, the Moronks, the Foxes, maybe even all the way down to Bob McIntyre, you know, they've got to be pretty hopeful they're going to gonna be definitely playing the PGA that, Yeah, that was going to be my question. Where do you think they're pretty much cemented in there? McIntyre's at six. Then we've got Alexander Bjork, Seven. 
Jorge Campillo had a great week last week, lost in the playoff. He has jumped to number seven in these rankings. Uh, sorry, number eight. Uh, he jumped 12 spots. That then leaves nine, Teorbjorn Olsen, who you were on last week, Paul. And I always really struggle with this pronunciation. I know that regular listeners will struggle with that. Rio Hisasune. Hisatsune? Yeah. He's on the bubble at 10. He is. You've then got directly below him, but clearly Sammy Falamaki last week showed that it's well up for grabs deeper. Hjost Lauten, Yannick Paul, Marcel CM, Matteo Pavon, who won a couple of weeks ago, and Rasmus Hoygaard. They are the closest players uh, with Jordan Smith below Hoygaard who are looking into that top 10 in those rankings. I've got to say, it has added a fascinating dynamic to these events as, mm. we've, uh, as we've gone through the autumn segment of the DP World Tour. Mm-hmm. As we've discussed on this podcast, what it actually does for the depth of the DP World Tour come February, mid-February next year uh, is very much up for debate. Mm. Come on, Barry. Uh, because is, is, is there a, yeah, you can feel me itching. Is there anywhere uh, on the website or just a little nice link on the rankings page where you can see the points available in the upcoming events? Because right now, those points mean <clears throat> nothing to me. Like you said, you know, <coughs> excuse me, Campillo yeah, ask, finished. Asking that question, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Campillo finished second last week, so he jumped 12 spots. So I now need to go down to 24th to see what points he is on to have a rough mm. idea about how many points he got last week. So it's there's no context looking at the, the table here. And it would also be useful if they showed the players i mean we we probably we know who has a tour card already but looking just at his atsune below him or matt fitzpatrick tyrell hatton we know they have tour cards over in the states and then yos lauten is the next one so it'd be good to see the players who don't have a card out of the ones that are looking to jump in and grab one of those cards mm. you've got there's a lot of different pieces of context you can give around this to somebody looking on the website yeah there is yeah i if you go back to last year, the total points available for the Ned Bank next week, for instance, was 7,000 race to Dubai points. And Tommy Fleetwood, who won, got 1,165. So if you applied that logic to the list of players and their current DP World Tour ranking, then to, to leap up to circa, what, 2,000 points overall, that brings an awful lot of players into the mix. Mm. Down in down into the forties, into the fifties, currently. Yeah. Who, if they were to win the Ned Bank, would finish on a similar kind of level to where Sammy Valimaki has uh, has uh, found himself in as of this week. So, lots to play for, I think. Lots to play for. Certainly a consideration when thinking about our punts for next week it's true i mean yeah like take take ewan ferguson he's in 42nd spot he's on 1030 points that if he wins that tournament 1100 he would jump 2100 he would go in above minwoo lee Mm. and victor perez so this is it this you know these next two tournaments on the dp world tour they literally are a rocket ship for these guys that are mid-ranked if you can if you could pull out the performance of your life, get a victory, you're playing on the PGA Tour next year. Yep. It's pretty crazy. 
Mm. Big carrot. Pretty, yeah, he's a big carrot. Pretty, pretty crazy. Interesting. I think they get full status as well, which means they pretty much can put, pick their full uh, full schedule for next year, apart yeah. from signature yeah. events. Yeah, so it's an equivalent of a top one, two, five, I guess, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's, it's amazing. I hope they really, you know, highlight it like crazy over the next couple of weeks because it is the most compelling subplot that we've had, let's say, on a DP World Tour in some time. It kind of it's like the the Open Series. We're, we're great. I love the Open Series. You see guys fighting to get a spot in the Open. So the tournament within a tournament, this is like a, the grandest version of that. It is. Mm. It's amazing. It, yep. it is also bad in a way that it's taking 10 of the best players from the DP World Tour. But, you know, the churn has to happen in some ways. So, yeah. I yeah don't it will th- be interesting to see who comes back, actually. Yeah. I think we could debate it all day if this is a good thing or a bad thing for the DP World Tour, but I suppose it um, makes it official that it is the status like it has been for many years, as it, it's been the feeder tour to the PGA Tour, but it just makes it a bit more official, I suppose. Yeah. It's okay, Barry. We're getting um, backfilled with some of the players who've missed their PGA <laughs> Tour card extremely badly. So. <laughs> um, There's not the, actually the, that many of them. I think Matthias <laughs> Swab would be one, yeah? Yeah, I think he'd come back. I mean, you can't. You can you really see someone like Russell Knox coming back to play in on the DP World Tour when he's set up and lives over in Jacksonville, Florida? It's, it's unlikely, isn't it? It's going to be interesting to see who does take up those um, the opportunity to do that. Do yeah. they want to go travel for a year, like the you know around Europe? That could be part of their. I don't know. Like you know, a life experience, but just a different experience in golf could mm. be could be a deciding factor. Yeah, it's always a huge temptation, isn't it, to to go across to the states? And I'm I'm sure, especially you know, for a player like if if Marcel, I I still love to see Marcel CM get a card. I think it'd be amazing for Marcel CM from the from the edge, the precipice that his career was in, to get mm. to play the PGA Tour for a full season. Oh, huge. Uh, the commute from Mauritius would uh, would be interesting most weeks, but uh, you know these guys aren't afraid of racking up a few air miles, are they? Mm. Right. Anything else you want to mention before we get stuck into the catchily titled Worldwide Technology Championship preview? No, no. Let's do. Let's. We won't talk about Matty Schmidt from the week before because that's just compounding. Oh, the, sorry, uh, Paul. No, I said we're not talking about it. Okay. <laughs> You were so so close to that sixty-six to one winner. Ninety, ninety to one. Was it ninety? Yeah, that's what oh, wow. I grabbed on him. Yeah, disappointing, but uh, yeah, we move on. That that may have been my fault for betting and running on Moronk. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 thanks for that, Barry. Sorry. That's, that's, that was a, I'll lo- buy a, a pint. nice little, a nice little uh, pick up for you there because he was uh, he was a seriously long price early in that round after he'd made a couple of bogeys but he was, uh, he was 40 to one it was um do you know what the only reason i did it was just to get the i, I needed to put an extra tenner on uh, as a bet to get a free bet for the next week and it was sunday so i said tell it i'll put a bet i'll put a bet on the european tour and looked for something long odds I went oh Moronk's <laughs> probably the the biggest horse there is down there so I just threw it on him mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Yeah. This is when you this is when you know your luck's out, Paul, on a bet. 
<laughs> Matty Schmidt, second for off the tee, 25th for approach, third for tee to green. A reasonable strokes gained 18th for putting. Then you look at Adrian Monronk. He was 37th for tee to green, yeah? 49th for off the tee. He actually lost strokes off the tee, Adrian Monronk. Must have been wayward. He gained 11.05 points with the putter. Yeah. <laughs> that is Kevin Nart-esque. <laughs> Basically, got it somewhere, somewhere near the green and was putting it in from off the green, doing anything he could. He was just going in the hole. Yeah, holding uh, it, it hold his approach shot on the ninth, was it from memory? For Eagle, yeah, and you yeah. know, you take that away and Matty Schmidt wins. It's it's yeah, that is not his standard way of winning a uh, a top level golf tournament, right there from Adrian yeah. Moron. Right now, this WWT Championship, um, this used to be the event that they played at El Chameleon. We all remember that one. Uh, coastal affair, tight golf course, um, Passparlum, uh, fairways and greens. Um, always used to feature a decent field as well, and it got stronger when WWT got involved because they were throwing some serious money at it. Uh, but it's now moved. It's moved to a brand new golf course, which adds a little bit more intrigue into the mix. Now, I'll tell you what I was very impressed with yesterday. Very, very impressed with Bet365 when they come out with their prices. So, again, I'm going to highlight them as best bookmaker for this week's PGA Tour action. Their each-way extra market is available, which gives you the option to increase or decrease the number of places when you are betting pre-event on the WWT outright market. I've used them, and this was how impressive they were. They, I used them on all of my selections this week. Eight places each way at 50 odds. Um, right now... As we record the pod, they are offering extended market best odds and eight places each way on market leaders, such as Sahith Tigala, 14 to 1. The impressive Bo Hosler, 25 to 1 for Bo. Emiliano Grio, 28 to 1. Thomas Dietrich, 30 to 1. Eric Van Royen. I know that um, Barry's been very sweet on Eric. Recently, so I'll be interested to see if Barry is on. He's seventy to one with Bet three six five right now. Or how about Patton Kazaya? Now he's a previous winner of this event. I know it was at Kale Chameleon. He's one hundred and sixty to one, eight places each way with Bet three six five. He's as short as one hundred and twenty five to one with Unibet, and they're only giving you six places each way. I'll mention the boost as well. Cameron Young. He's been boosted from twelve to one to fourteen to one with Bet three six five. Stefan Jaeger, his first round leader punt, 33 to 1 to 40 to 1. Or if you fancy Ludwig Eiberg to basically lead after round one and to win the WWT, he's 30, they boosted that 33 to 1 up to 40 to 1 on Ludwig Oberg. Sorry, must stop saying Eiberg. We recommend Bet365 if you're 18 plus and do not have a Bet365 sports account. You can find details of their current bet £10, get £30 in free bets, new customer promotion, plus a link through to that very offer with T's and C's in this podcast description. Don't forget to use the bonus code SPORT30. That is SPORT30 when registering. 
Brand new golf course, chaps. And guess what? It's been designed by Tiger Woods. You are going to hear that on the TV coverage, I would suggest, around about 350 times over the course of four days. <laughs> per hour. Play a drinking game. <laughs> per hour. Do you know what? This golf course designed by Tiger Woods. Do you know what? Is this first golf course that he ever designed? You heard it here first. I put it in my preview very, very quickly at the top just to get it in there first before you'll hear it everywhere else. They are playing El Cardinal at Diamante. It's in Cabo, Mexico. Tiger Woods design, 2014. Now, course type, this is where it gets particularly tricky. Um, El Chameleon was over near Cancun. It was sorry, it was over the other side, wasn't it? It was, it was on the Caribbean side of Mexico, big old, yeah. big old country, Mexico. This one is the extreme to that. It is right up by California. It's actually on the Baja Peninsula, which actually, if you look at a map, is that thin section that goes down from Southern California into Mexico. So it effectively, is California, but it's the Mexican side of the border. So. You could actually, and I did throw this into my analysis. For me, it's a it's a it's a West Coast event. Now I, I look at West Coast. West Coast swing happens every year, January through to uh, first week or mid uh, mid February. For me, this is a West Coast golf course. The other fascinating element to this is it's by the coast. It's got panoramic views of the sea of the Pacific Ocean. But when you actually look at the golf course, it's very been very cleverly done. It's basically a desert golf course. You know, you're looking at all manner of cacti. There's Palo Verde trees. There's scrubby desert flora. There's rocks. Uh, there's there's uh, arroyos. There's, there's there's all manner of water channels that if you miss fairways, you are in serious bother. Um, so it's a desert golf course. It's by the sea. But the, 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 what my main takeout from all of the analysis was, it is 7,452 yards. It's a par 72. So the traditional three, uh, four par threes and four par fives. The other factor here is um, the greens are monstrous. 8,300 square feet on average. The whole course is bedecked with paspalum. On top of that, it reminds me actually of Kapalua, the plantation course where they play the tournament of champions each and every year. Yeah. This golf course has got serious elevation changes. Mm. They reckon from the top of the course down to the low section, there is a 240 feet drop in altitude. So you, you've got a, you've got a golf course that's basically plunging downhill, and then the way that the uh, they they basically design this golf course to follow the arroyos, the channels of water as it tumbles down this hillside. So what you're getting is. Most of the holes are either downhill, or guess what? They're uphill. So it's going to be an interesting layout to watch. It's got to be said. Um, 
The biggest hole, uh, the biggest uh, differences I found was the par 5 14th climbs the most, 80 feet from T to green. And the biggest descending hole was the par 5 6th, which falls 70 feet from T to green. Also, no rough on this golf course. No rough at all. Uh, if you do miss a fairway, as I said, you are in all manner of desert hazard. There's sand everywhere. Tough, well, I wouldn't say tough bunkering, but plenty of bunkering around. Also, it reminded me of, I'm trying to remember, I think it was the course that they played uh, the US Open at this year at Los Angeles, where you had a lot of kind of open sands kind of areas going down the side of fairways, mm. which were hazards rather than actual bunkering. Yeah. A lot of that going on. But actually, if you are missing 60-yard wide fairways, this is like one of the two runways at Heathrow Airport, really, in terms of the, the width of these fairways. If you are missing fairways here, <laughs> you've got serious directional yeah, issues with your driver. It's your own fault, isn't it? It just sang to me, guys. When, whenever I was looking at this last week and over the week, it just, it just really did shout to me, this is going to be like a bomber's paradise. There's very few. Um, there's 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 a couple of false carries on some of these holes. Also, um, the par fives don't look overly, on, overly onerous in terms of length. There there is that one that is uphill. That is uh, the par five fourteenth that climbs eighty feet. But again, that's going to be really helping the bombers because if you can get the ball out there, you can you can be attacking these greens in two. It's also got two drivable par fours. So, I mean, I might be wrong. I'm, I'm sitting over here in the UK in a, on a very cold, damp <laughs> climate looking at this fantastic course over in Cabo in Mexico. But to me, it seemed to be the kind of course... And when you do look at Kapalua and when you look at Plantation, when you look at the strokes game metrics there... Strokes gained off the tee every single year is the most important with all of the victor victors there over on the over in um, uh, in Maui. Mm. So I, I think I think strong driving this week is going to be very 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 important. Have either of you had a chance to actually look at the course at all, or are you just taking what I'm saying for granted? Only the pictures really and um kind of the descriptions that are out there but yeah i like i like the kapalua link um you know you, you've you've made it um I've, I've seen a few other references to it as well and the width of the fairways um combined with the length of the course but the scoreability um potential scoreability of the course kind of kind of aligns with that so i wouldn't be surprised to see that as a really strong comp course as we work through the uh, four days of tournament play when you read a lot of the, you don't, do you know what this is? Tiger Woods design chance, this uh, golf course. <laughs> uh, when I read a lot of the commentary, especially some mentions um, from Tiger Woods, apparently this golf course was designed to um, link to the golf courses he grew up on in Southern California when he was when he was a lad learning the game with his father. Mm. Uh, so there's a lot of that element to it. But what also was mentioned was that. 
you do get very strong winds in this area. That acts as a defence to the course and also a reason why they've made the fairway so wide. Second, they also mentioned that this area, clearly desert, um, gets very little rainfall. And you read comments saying that this golf course tends to play, wait for it, Barry, firm and fast. Now, that instantly rang um, kind of alarm bells in my mind because we've said this for quite a period of time on this podcast. Pass Barlam and firm and fast do not go together. I don't think I've ever seen a firm and fast pass Barlam greened uh, um, um, golf course in terms of agronomy. Also, this golf course, middle last week, received 84 millimetres of rain. So it was clear. I wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't want to have been on holiday in Cabo that particular week last week. It must have been it's a bit like Norfolk, really. It didn't seem to stop <laughs> raining. Um, so I don't think this golf course is, A, going to play firm and fast. B, it's not going to play winter. There's... Very little wind in the forecast, if any. I just think they're going to take this place apart. And don't forget, of course, it is the El Cardinal Golf Course at the Diamante Resort. This golf course has basically been designed for amateur holidaying golfers. So it's not going to play difficult, is it? And yes, they've got back tees and they've extended the course. But I I genuinely think no wind. Past Barlam, uh, there's been rain in the area recently. There isn't going to be any rain during tournament week, but that's going to take any sting out of it. Mm. I just think this this could be mid mid twenties, something like that. Mm. I mean, the old the, don't forget when they played El Chameleon, uh, the last five winners of this have shot twenty two under, twenty under, twenty under, twenty three under, twenty three under. So yeah, it's going to be resort level scoring. I think, mid-twenties. So we need players. I can I can feel Barry. He's, he's on the predictor model pool. He's maximising resort scoring tests <laughs> and birdie. Can you, can you just run through the top ten when you come up with them? Just give me the nod. Birdies oh. per round and resort scoring tests. Let's have a top 10, Barry, from the predictor model when, when let, you get the chance. Let me reset. Well, I, I was pulling together one there, but I'll do that. So we'll just max out birdie well, average. Hang on. And resort scoring, I've is it? I was going to fill the gap. I've gone for Ludwig Eber, uh, Oberg. Yeah, that, that's that's my top tip. He's the favourite. He's 9-1. to one. I just think this place is going to suit him down at the ground, mate. Bombs away. He hits it long. He hits it straight. Theoretically, he could be on six green surfaces per round just with the driver. Uh, just, you know, just basically on his second shot in on the par fives and off the tee on t- those two drivable par fours. I can I can also relate this golf course to the one that they play at the Mexico Open at, which is the Norman signature course. Uh that's played by the coast. Um, that has been won the last two years by John Rahm and Tony Finau at single-digit prices. Two guys that can hit it a hell of a long way, 
hit it reasonably straight when they're on form. I just think a Oberg, who, if he wins this, jumps into the world's top 50, gets into those early 2024 signature events. He's got a lot still to play for. And as Luke Donald said a few weeks ago, I think this guy is a generational talent. And I wouldn't want to miss Ludwig Oberg winning his first PGA Tour event. So he was first on my list. The price is very, very short, but I just took... Nine to one, we bet three, six, five, eight places each way on Ludwig Oberg. Right, go- have you got some go- names for us, Barry? In good news for you, he is in the top ten of Max State Resort Course and Birdie Average. So, starting from tenth, you've Nate Lashley, Sahit Thigala, Oberg, KH Lee, Ryan Palmer, Sam Ryder, Lucas Glover, Taylor Montgomery, Akshay Batia, and Cameron Young at number one. Cam Young for abusing golf courses that are easy. Mm. Flat track bullies. Don't forget, those numbers... Because you, you've put in there resort scoring, yeah? Resort course to 10 and birdie yeah. average to 10, yeah. yeah. Don't forget, those numbers are over a five-year rolling uh, stretch. So, you know, Oberg's only played a handful of events on the PGA Tour. So, yeah, the fact that he's in the top 10... Uh, does shout a lot for him. So I know, I know it, the price is poor. I just don't want to miss out on him on him uh, winning. So I'm on at 9-1. to one. I've then gone deeper. If you actually look at the average winning price of this event over the last five years, it's 53-1. to one. That includes Russell Henley, who can't be asked to defend his title. He's at <laughs> He won at 55-1. to one. Russell's far too busy uh, not playing any golf at the moment to, to, to come down here and defend his title, which I always think is a very in, impolite thing to do. Uh, before him, Victor Hovland won his two um, WWT titles at 18 to 1 and 22 to 1. Uh, I wonder what price he'd be this week if he was in the field. Brendan Todd, 110 to 1. He comes straight off a victory at the Bermuda Championship in 2019. And Matt Kuchar won at 60 to 1. So I don't think that these mid prices are a bad bet this week. I really don't. Right, where are you at, Paul, in terms of your selections this week and price? Well, I've actually ended up with a couple the same as you, which is concerning um that's <laughs> <laughs> uh kind of well kind of the, what was the i, I reckon you're on my next two I, I yeah quite possibly yeah it depends which order you go through and then i've got a couple that are a little bit longer um i also had joel damon uh, who i was quite keen on who's withdrawn overnight which is no good well he saved you a couple of uh couple of staking points well, it's gu- guaranteed me a return on the week steve it's a bonus mm. Mm. well done joel <laughs> Go on then, take the listeners through Akshay Bhatia, Paul. Well, Bhatia, I, yeah. I know you're on him because you mentioned to me that you got fifty to one on him when I was still fishing around getting thirty-five to one, which really pissed me off. I think. It's well, I mean, fifty to one. It didn't last long. Um, no. Blinking, blink you missed it. And um, for me, that was just the plain wrong price. And. Um, yeah, just had to take that. Fourth at the Mexico Open. Um, we talked about Mexico Open a second ago. I think there's some correlation there. Second in Puerto Rico as well. I don't think that's going to be a bad comp um, when you look at it as well. Uh, one since then. He won the Barracuda, didn't he? Um, 
which is nice for him to get uh, get the win under his belt. Progressive form since then as well. 43rd at the Sanderson Farms, 35th at the Shriners. Second for strokes gain off the, uh, off the tee at the Sanderson Farms, which is the number that caught my eye. 21st last time out of the Zozo. Um, 11th for greens in regulation uh, uh, when he when he got that 21st finish in the Zozo. So mm-hmm. if he's um, he's playing well from off the tee, he's hitting some greens. I think if we can get a good week with the putter from Akshay Bhatia, then he could go very, very close. And 35 still out there. And I think 35's um, extended places is, a, a, you know, a, a more than palatable price on a player that's got a very live chance here this week, I think. Very young golfer still, isn't he, Bartia? 22, mm. I believe. Yep. Back in 2020, he was eighth after 36 holes at El Chameleon when he didn't have any form of PGA to a car, so he must have been playing off a sponsor's invite. And also, you just look at what he did on the Corn Ferry. He finished first and fourth at the Great Exuma Classic, which they play in the Bahamas on Pass Barlam. He's also finished seventh at the Great Abaco Classic. So he just seems to get on well with past Barlam. And as you said, the trouble with Akshay is, and you, you've seen his putter and his putting, um, the, you know, the way that he putts, it's not conventional. But he just seems to get on well with these slower past Barlam greens. Yeah. And that makes him dangerous. Because actually, you look at his season-long stats, 33rd, uh, 30th for strokes going off the tee and approach separately. That I mean, that's elite level. 33rd for tee to green. And also, encouragingly, 23rd for birdie average. That is actually fifth in this field, behind only Oberg, if he was actually visible in the PGA Tour stance, Cam Young, Tyler Montgomery, and Sahith Tigala. Also, Kevin Yu, sorry. That actually makes my text completely wrong. He's actually sixth in this field. Anyway, Oberg, Cam Young, Montgomery, Sahita Gala, Kevin Yu, and Akshay Bhartia, the top six on the PGA Tour for birdie average across the full season. I think he's got a cracking chance. Mm. A cracking chance. I think why, you know me, I'm so anal. I think why I put fifth in this field, because Oberg, that really annoys me. Oberg is not ranked on any of the rankings, which I know he's only run a number of, but he's actually in the FedEx Cup anyway. I don't understand. I don't understand it. Right. So, yeah, I'm on Barty, so is Paul. Right, Barry, is there anyone in your mind who you are going to be backing at this mid-range kind of price? Or are you actually going for one of the market leaders this week? No. No, new course to everybody, kind of more level playing field. Um, Hard to figure out everybody's kind of where they're at this time of the year. Just too many many messy things for me. So I'll be taking a little bit um, more wild odds, let's say, Mid, 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 mid and above. Not nobody there, like below kind of forty to one, is jumping off the page at me. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, move, moving swiftly down the odds. Um, I'm you're f- right. I I am on Eric Van Royen. Yeah, 
guy's playing really good golf. Wide fairies will free him up. Um, like I can't, I just can't ignore seventy to one. Big price. He's funny, Eric. He never seems to. He never seems to be potentially underpriced on by the by the makers. You tend to normally get a decent price on him. Mm. Is that because he's not amazing at converting situations into wins? Mm. Maybe he's also the he's also the bubble guy at the moment. He's a hundred and twenty fifth in the FedEx Cup. I mean, if that's not going to motivate you, I don't know what isn't. <laughs> yeah. He's at one two five on the bubble. Where's he won on the DP World Tour, Paul? Has he ever won on past Barlam? Something in my mind. Did he ever win the Mauritius Open? Did he win that? Or am I just throwing absolute ridiculous accusations? Yeah, you'd have to dig back through to see if there's anything that really correlates, but I can't, there's nothing screaming at me, I must say. I've got him, hang on a second, here we go. He won the Hainan Open in 2017 know. and the Scandinavian Invitation in 2019. Mm. Which doesn't give oh, any that's... context. Let me see if I find the courses here. That was at Hills yeah. Golf and Sports Club in Gothenburg, Sweden, and Hainan was yeah in Hainan Island in China. So yeah, yeah the, w- the winds don't correlate. No. I also he, he, I've clicked on him on Wikipedia. He also you remember that Tyrrell Hatton um, Turkish Opens event he won in a one, two, three, four, five, six man playoff. Eric was in that playoff. Mm. Cool. Well, you listen to this. Tyrrell Hatton, Eric Van Royen, Matthias Swab, Victor Perez, Kirk Kitayama. That was a decent standard on the DP World Tour uh, playoff, that was. Yeah, not that, that was at the Montgomery year. Max. Was the Montgomery Max pass Barton? <laughs> do, do you know, when you mentioned that, it did ring a bell. There the was one of the um, Turkish events that was played on Paspalum. It could mm. well have been that one. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad bet, Barry. Eric Van Roy. He just, you know, it stacks up, doesn't it? He's got motivation. He's playing better. I do think a lot of these golfers get into such a funk that there's they've got nothing to play for just week after week, month after month. I know it sounds ridiculous to listeners, but you know, because there's loads of money, but they get into these funks and they get into bad habits and they just kind of lose direction. And then all of a sudden, someone says to you, well, by the way, you've only got a couple of months here because you're in danger of losing your playing privileges or you're in danger of missing out on this. And all of a sudden, you just start to see a spark. You start to see the game sh- you know, sharpening up and all of a sudden results start coming. I think, like I think Van Royen is definitely in that boat. But was you and Ferguson kind of like that last week? Just need to focus, need to do it now. Or it may, it may not have been him, but it was somebody just that exact mindset of like, I need to get moving here and play a really good week. Kind of kept missing cuts by one, by one, by one, and then just said, okay, I, I, there's nothing less than a really good performance this week gets me mm. into the safety zone. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah, yeah. doesn't equate to a win, but it seems to just uh, sharpen things a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, for it sure. Keeps the focus on for four days, doesn't it, rather than drifting if the, the chance of winning's actually gone. Eric Van Royen at 125 in the FedEx Cup takes me to Cam Champ. Cam Champ is 127 in the FedEx Cup. Um, 
he's been again, he's very Van Royen esque. He's starting to play better golf. He's the fourth longest driver on the PGA Tour. He's got a decent record also. I tell you what I did notice about this golf course, and Tiger clearly put this into the design. There, it, 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 the fairways themselves, I know they're past Barlam agronomy. But when you look at them, there doesn't seem to me very many flat lies on fairways. There are there's deliberate humping, there's deliberate, there's deliberate um contouring of most of these fairways. So I, you know, again, with with the with the uphills, the downhills, the the, the contouring of the fairways. It made me think slightly of Augusta. It made me think slightly, again, of plantation course at Kapalua. And especially a golf course where power is rewarded. And you look at Cam Champ. He's finished 19th, 26th and 10th at Augusta. Yeah, 10th at Augusta. 11th and 14th on his two outings. uh, uh, Sorry, 11th and 14th in two of his outings at Kapalua. I just think... Put him on a golf course where he can basically unleash his power, basically attack six holes, which are either a drivable par four or par fives, and he has a decent week with the putter. And Cam Champ can putt well. He clearly gets on well with Paspalum. Um, he's got two top ten finishes on that Mexico Open track, the um, signature course, the Norman signature course. It all kind of stacks up for me. So I, I got involved with Cam Champ, a point each way, 55 to 1 again. Bet three, six, five, eight place each way via their each way extra facility. Mm. Are you yeah. on Cam Champ, Paul? Yeah, I am on Champ. I think Champ's, yeah. a, um, Champ's a good punt this week um, for a lot of the a lot of the points you just made there. <laughs> he's a bit hit and miss, isn't he, Champ? But when he's when he's on, he's, he's on. I, th- th- those stats that came out of the Sanderson Farms, first for strokes going off the tee, Fifth for strokes going tee to green. That's um, absolutely spot on. If if he can repeat that, then um, he's going to go close, providing the putter has a decent week. The other point is he won the Safeway back in 2019. That was in California. And um, you, you've made the point quite clearly. This is um, right on the uh, the Californian side of Mexico. So yeah, perhaps a little bit of correlation there as well. Hmm. I think he also finished, you know, top 10. I'm really going back in the data bank here. I think he finished top 10 at that PGA Championship that Colin Morikawa won in San Francisco at TPC Harding Park. He's far better camp champ than people give him credit for. But like you said, he's so, so erratic. It's unbelievable. Mm. He can miss eight cuts on the, you know. He reminds me very much of James Hahn. Do you remember peak James Hahn? Yeah. 12 missed cuts, wins Quail yeah. Hollow. Yeah. He's he's like a Jim Herman, Paul, the Hermanator. Yeah, but on a slightly better scale. <laughs> and you're not getting the five hundred to one price point. No. I've got two more, sixty to one and ninety to one. Davis Riley. He's a winner this year, you know. Davis Riley. He won the Zurich Classic of New Orleans with his partner Nick Hardy, and we know that, you know, in this podcast they don't count as wins, but. That does tell you a picture with Davis Riley. He absolutely thrives on non-bent, non-poana, non-ryegrass, fairway kind of tests. Davis Riley 
in upstate golfing terminology, is someone you don't really want to go near. Um, he struggles on Poana, so you know California in in terms of um, Silverado, in terms of Torrey Pines, Pebble Beach. No, 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 not Davis Riley territory. Take him to Southern United States, or take him overseas on Bermuda or Passbalum. I think he's a decent shout. And the number that grabbed me was he he ended the Zozo two weeks ago with a closing sixty five. He hit 14 greens. He hit the majority of fairway. Something was starting to click with his game. And I just think he's going to land here. Um, nice Passbarlam golf course, wide off the tees, a good driver of the golf ball. Nice climate, 28 degrees. I just think he could click this week. Davis Riley, he is from Mississippi. I just think... The agronomy, it's, 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 it could well stack up for him. And don't forget, this is a guy that finished second at the Valspar, fourth at the Charles Schwab Challenge last year. Uh, they were against, uh, he was going head-to-head with Justin Thomas and the players of that ilk back then. This year hasn't been as good, but he's a, he's, he's a definite talent, this Riley. Um, could see him. I think he's dropped to 62nd in the FedEx Cup. So he will want to climb back into that 51 to 60 region to get those two starts next year at Pebble Beach and at Riviera in those signature events. So, yeah, I'm on Riley at 60 to 1. Again, we bet three, six, five, eight places each way. My last punt is 90 to 1. So I'll throw it out to you guys while I, while I take a sip of tea. Uh, Barry, who are you on over and above Eric Van Royen? Not over, just a slight bit under. I've gone for Sam Ryder. Yeah. For the combination of strokes gained approach and strokes gained putting. Just think if somebody's got, you know, firing in that level of irons, need a lot of looks this week to score a lot of birdies. So see if um, see if 66 to 1 can, can convert there. He does tend to go well on these birdie fests, doesn't he? Sam Ryder. And, well, sure, I'll keep it lit while I'm here. Uh, my last one is a bit of a trolling bet to just stick the needle into Paul, but I've gone for Maddie Schmidt. <laughs> Can you imagine if he won this week? That, I, that I, was I'm, going I'm through him. my mind just though. I'm oh, on really? him as well, Barry. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. <laughs> other, can you give some better reasons other than me sticking the needle in for why Maddie is, <laughs> is a good bet this week? No, I, th- I think that's the most valid reason you could reasonably find, to be honest. Um, no, I, th- I think... Um, He's worth another chance here. That's you know hundreds of one or thereabouts. Depends how you play your uh, each way options this week. But that second place finish in Spain secured his uh, his card for the DP World Tour for next year, and he's got a chance to grab a PGA Tour card. He's one forty eighth currently in the FedEx Cup rankings, and uh, he knows that uh, it's time to focus. And he's been quite clear about that on social media since um, mm. missing out in Spain, and um, that. Should suggest that his his mind is focused for this. Been playing some good stuff though. In twenty sixth at the Shriners, he opened with a sixty five, closed with a sixty three. We've talked about the uh, effort over at Andalusia. Uh, best before that on PGA Tour this season, sixth at the American Express, and again that's another low scoring event, California event. So. Um, some correlation potentially there. Sixth and second for strokes going off the tee the last two outings. So um, yeah. 
you know, th- those are the kind of numbers that would uh, that would suggest it could go well here. So I'd see no reason not to give him a bit, a bit of uh, stay, stay loyal to him for another another week and hope it's not quite the same heartbreak as it was uh, a fortnight ago. You get the feeling with Schmidt, he'll be standing on the tee this week, just licking his lips. He can just unleash hell off the tee, mm. and he's been driving the ball pretty straight. I mean, you, you're not getting off the tee rankings like you just mentioned, Paul, if it isn't straight as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, He yeah. could be eating a lot of these holes. Mm-hmm. He's got yeah. plenty to play for. As we said, as we just said a few minutes ago, there's so many of these players now, they've got to deliver. Mm-hmm. And it, that must be that must be nice to know. At least he can now fall back to DP well too if it doesn't work out. But he's now got a cup. He's got three weeks where he can just play PGO two and try and get into that one twenty five. You know, despite the disappointment of him not winning that event, um, the very fact that he's gone out there with his DP World Court, uh, Tour card um, on the line and he's delivered what he delivered, put himself right in the mix. You know, fully secured his card, and as you say, it, 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 there's something to to fall back on should it not happen over the next two or three weeks. But you know, I'm a believer that sometimes you have to have these uh, you know episodes of failure almost to to then grow stronger and uh, and develop as a person and as a as a player, and perhaps you'll be able to regroup from that and uh, and push forward this week. Um, I've got another one, Steve, before you do the final one, because it's a bit shorter, if you like, and then I'll leave the uh, floor to, to you for um, to, to, to wrap it all up, if you like. Good um, I wanted to get a putter on the team, and we talked about strokes going off the tee, and that is likely to be a really important factor. <clears> but I can, I, can I have a guess who this is? Go then. Taylor Montgomery. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can read me by it like a book, Steve. Can't I you? can. He was um, he was one of the names that Barry read through a few seconds ago with the combination of resort and putting, and it makes perfect sense for me. Fifty to ones out there with extended places. That's how I played it. Sixty six, if you want to take just the bog standard. Um, but if you look at his season long stats, they are just incredible with the flat sticks. Second on tour for strokes game putting. This is a guy who averages three hundred five off the tee. By the way, so he's going to have the uh, going to have the length to to. Well, to at least compete here. Sixth for going for green birdie or better percentage on tour this season. 65% of the time he's making birdie or better when he's going for the green. First mm. for putting average, first for putts per round, first for birdie or better percentage on tour. Um, the guy can mm. make red numbers. And if we're going to need to make, you know, get into the 25 under bracket. Yeah, mid 20s, yep. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Then could well be the uh, could well be the way to attack it. We saw a lot of him this time last year. He had a really good end, well, kind of an autumn period. Uh, finished well on the Corn Ferry, then was third at the Fortinet, uh, ninth at the Sanderson Farms, tenth at Mike Over. And uh, a few signs of life recently 35th at the Shriners and 16th at the Zozo. Progressive performances with his irons as well. Greens and regulation has been improving. And if this guy is hitting greens, um, we know he can putt. He can make some serious birdies and eagles this week so yeah happy to take a chance taylor montgomery 50 to 1 with eight places for me to wrap it up he was amazing when he came on the tour last year wasn't he it? was when he third ninth 15th 13th 10th at mayakoba 57th 15th 
That is how to announce yourself on the PGA Tour, isn't it? Mm. And that was he he basically locked his card before they even got to Christmas. Yeah, and he come off the back of kind of maybe an eight or ten event stretch on the Corn Ferry prior to that, where he was just banging in top ten after top ten after top (laughs) ten. Yeah, yeah. never wins though. He's he's second, third, fourth, second. (laughs) To be fair, I think he's a decent. uh, I think he's a decent pump. He's also a player that I would be particularly interested in if he does play in Bermuda next week, because that tends to be, you just look at who wins there, Lucas Herbert, Brian Gay. What are these players? Seamus Powler, decent putters, decent mm. putters. So, yeah, Taylor Montgomery, yeah, he's he, with the flat stick, he is super, super elite, undoubtedly. And you are going to have to get the ball in the hole a lot of times this week. So I get that. I did have a good look at it, at uh, Taylor. Right, my last tip. Second at Pebble Beach. Seventh and third at the Puerto Rico Open. Second and third at the Mexico Open. Sixth at the Genesis Scottish Open. Five of this individual, seven PGA Tour top tens, have been on courses within a stone's throw of the sea. I've got to pull pull this one out as well, chaps. I just I love this one when I write this down on a He loves the smell of sea salt in his nostrils. <laughs> if you want to follow me on Twitter on X, I am at Bamford Golf. Paul is at Golf Betting. Barry is at a good talk. Was it? A good talk golf. That's it. <laughs> I throw that out there because I just know that people, when they listen to me, you know. That that fantastic copy will be desperately trying to find us on uh, on X. Brandon <laughs> Wu, Brandon Wu, chaps, ninety to one. I managed to get on Brandon Wu. We bet three, six, five, eight places each way. You remember um, Maverick McNeely? Mm. And I used to say to you guys and to listeners, Maverick McNeely he is so specialised. Short course, anything with power on it. If he and and people are literally putting him up at like Bay Hill, and I said, no, 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 you don't get it. He has to be on a short course, Poana Green, something like that. That's when you go for Maverick McNeely. Brandon Wu is similar, you know. By the sea, low scoring, ideally. Saying that, I mean, I think he was like minus four when he got that top six at the Scottish Open. That was a particularly nasty year. Actually, he's a fantastic win player, Brandon Wu. But, yeah, he just seems to thrive on tests by the coast. This is literally, I know it's not a coastal golf course, but it has got kind of faux linksy feel to it on the fairways. Also, apparently, all of the greens are actually got open approaches. So this isn't a test where you have to go 100% aerial. A lot of these holes, you can just run the ball links-like onto the greens. And I, I just think all of that is going to suit Brandon Wu down to the ground. You know, you don't finish second at Pebble Beach if you're not a very good coastal golf course player. So, yeah, I'm on at 90-1, to 1, Brandon Wu, who's been playing kind of okay recently. I think he's four or five made cuts. He can be very up and down, but I think there's something in it. So, Brandon Wu was my last uh, tip of the week at 90-1. to 1. So, I'm on Wu, Brandon Variety. Davis Riley, 
Camchamp, Akshay Bhartia, and with apologies, Ludwig Oberg. Right, some of you got long shots, I believe. Me? No, that's me done. No, I'm, you I'm done, done, I? I got to triple You're done as well. Stopped there, yeah. Okay. Quite a short podcast, this one. Well, coming up to an hour. But yes, I'm looking forward to this event in a strange way. I'm just I'm just going to be fascinated to look at the golf course and just see how it plays. Yeah. Can you also believe Rio Ishikawa's coming across from Japan after his top five finish at the Zozo a few weeks ago? What was it? Was it the Bashful Prince or something? He was his nickname. <laughs> yeah. These nicknames, eh? Mm. I hope your bets go well, chaps. Yeah, best of luck, boys. You too, guys. Best of luck to listeners. What have we got next week? I know we've got the Bermuda Championship on the PGA Tour. Yes, the Ned Banks. So, um, yeah, Max Homer and Justin Thomas playing, apparently. Mm. Great. And then, uh, yeah, and then the, the then the top 60 in the DP, the DP World Tour rankings after that. Or six top 60 available, anyway. So it's going to be a pretty strong field over there in South Africa. What kind of course is that? Is that kind of a Max Homer positive course in it's your the mind? One at Sun, there's one at Sun City, so it's long at altitude. It is uh, it's classical. Fleetwood's so, one there, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, strong from tea to green would be the uh, instant summary for that. Um, mm. it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's seven eight, but it kind of plays seven two, seven three, something like that with the altitude up there. But, yeah, Max could like it. Did we ever get to the bottom of why Wyndham Clark actually played the Andalusia Masters badly? Nope. <laughs> Just fancied a bit of Spanish sun. Was he given like 20 cases of my favourite lager or something for turning up? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just wondering why Max Homer's why has Max Homer decided just to disappear down to South Africa with, jo- well, with Justin Thomas for a, yeah. a long weekend? No idea. Must be yeah, some, it, must be some money. <laughs> must be some money in it. Yeah, that looks good then. So we've got two decent tournaments next week yeah, to get stuck into. Don't forget, listeners, five star reviews. Yes, please. Also, if you're still listening, five, press that five star button on Spotify. It'd be much appreciated. We'll be back next week for the Golf Betting System Podcast. Goodbye. If you like betting on golf. Everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf